Maybe 2014 for you was just a really rough year. Uh, at the end of every year, this is the last Sunday of 2014, and at the end of every year, I always hear people say, man, I'm just glad this year is over. I'm just ready for this year to be over. I'm ready for next year. I'm ready for something new. I'm ready for something fresh. I'm just ready for change. And, and you know, I think that happens for a number of reasons. I know there's a number of reasons this past year was somewhat of that year for me. Um, this was the year I backed my own car into my wife's car in our driveway. Uh, we went into the auto body shop and they noticed that we had two cars there and they had the same name on the insurance and they said, what happened? And they actually looked at Kelly first and I jumped right in there and I said, no, it was me. It was me. I, I gave myself up. And uh, sheepishly, the guy behind the counter said, yeah, I've done that too. And I was like, oh, thank God. And then his partner said, I've done it three times. So I was like, all right, I'm not that bad, okay? So that happened this year. That, that wasn't fun. This was the year we moved into a house that we hadn't lived in previously. And we're sitting in the house one day and my, my lovely wife sitting in the living room and having her coffee and she just hears a noise, and she's going, what's that noise? And so I walk in, and I can't hear anything. I've played drums my whole life, so I'm deaf. But I walk in, and she says, can you find this noise? And, and so I start kind of like looking around, and I'm listening, and I, I kind of heard the noise finally up by the ceiling. And so I just went to knock on the sheetrock just to kind of see if anything would knock back. And so I went like just little knock, and my fingers went right through the sheetrock, and I saw little wings. Now, I'm not like an architect, but I don't think you're supposed to have wings in your living room ceiling, Okay. Turns out there was a bee's nest up there, and uh, it had gotten in through the beams, and I was able to, thank God, um, mask it all off, tape it all off with uh, a plastic bag so not, like, we didn't have an insertion of bees into our house. But sure enough, we had to have somebody come in, deal with that. I had to cut the thing out of the sheetrock and deal with that. And then the stuff they used on the bee's nest fell out on me. The stuff that's supposed to kill them fell out on me and tried to kill me. And I had several, several weeks of all kinds of numbness in my fingers my feet. I had numbness and tingling in my lips. Like, so that was awesome. That was a good part of this year. Um, this was the year we, we realized we had a fireplace leak. Um, and every time it rained pretty hard, we would have bowls and bowls of water in there. You know, at least there was plenty for the kids to drink. And yeah, Brandon, this is for you. Okay, you could have this one. And so we went through that this year. That was fun. This is the year I spilled gas all over the interior of my wife's car. That was a great one. And then the very next day, went to fill up the same gas tank. And I spilled it all over my car, myself, my you, so don't ask me to get gas for you. Um, this was the year. This was the year. My wife and I are sitting watching HGTV on a nice Monday, and we're relaxing, and the nice lady on the show has this old nasty chair, and she shows you the nasty chair, and then she says, now we're going to take chalk paint, and we're going to fix this old nasty chair, and she sprayed the chalk paint on there, and like 10 seconds later, it just looked beautiful and perfect, and so we looked at each other and said, let's do that, and so we went to that nice place, Home Depot, and we asked the nice man to take us to the chalk paint section, and sure enough, he took us over there and got us the spray paint, and I went home, and I began to spray our dining room chair. And I had big plans, man. I was going to do the chairs Monday. I was going to do the table Tuesday. I was going to do our bedroom furniture Wednesday. But I, I started, and, and man, I sprayed and sprayed again and sprayed again. And man, probably 60 or 70 hours later, was still spraying these chairs. Finally started the polyurethane coat because it didn't look terrible. And so I'm there, and I, I'm just having a hard time with this. And it's not coming out like HGTV, you know? And so I'm there doing my thing. And, and through the whole process, I'm Googling different tips and how you do this and how you don't do this. And, and after I had spent all that time on the chairs, I found an article. And you know what the article said? The difference between chalk paint and chalkboard paint. A nice man at Home Depot hadn't given us chalk paint, he'd given us chalkboard paint. Now, chalk paint is used to refinish furniture. Chalkboard paint is used to turn something into a chalkboard. So, 
the, the paint is coming off my chairs now, and if anyone wants to come draw later on my furniture, you're more than welcome. So you guys are all welcome. That was this year. That was this year. Uh, this was the year as a church we realized that we probably don't have five years to find a new building. We probably have more like one, and so that's kind of a big deal. Uh, this was the year my wife had a miscarriage. This is the year that miscarriage sent her into all kinds of autoimmune flare-ups. Um, what was this year like for you? Maybe you had a great year. But I can guess that there are certain aspects of this past year that you would just as soon forget and move on from. There's, there's certain things that happened this past year that you would say, you know what, I'm glad it's the end of the year. I'm glad next year is coming. I'm glad this year is over and 2015 is coming because I just feel like something new and fresh is coming. What happened for you this past year? Maybe your category, if you could write over 2014, you would write the word loss. You lost a person. You lost your health. You lost your wealth. <laughs> you lost a relationship. Maybe you'd write loss over 2014. Maybe you'd write disappointment over 2014. Maybe some of you guys would find yourself in that category. You know, I came into 2014, I remember last year, this week, saying, I'm so glad 2013 is over and 2014 is coming because this is the year you're supposed to get married, right? Or at least you were supposed to find him or her. This is the year you were supposed to have a kid. This was the year your marriage was supposed to get better. This is the year you were supposed to recover the losses financially. This is the year you were supposed to get the promotion. This is the year you were supposed to sell your house or move. But you're disappointed. It didn't happen. This wasn't that year, was it? For some of us. And so you'd write disappointment over 2014. Some of you guys over 2014 would write the word failure. I failed a lot in 2014. I failed in my relationships. I failed in my, my relationship with God. You're kicking yourself. 2014 was the year you made decisions you thought you'd never make. 2014 was the year you became the person you said you'd never be. 2014 was the year you walked down roads you thought you were done rocking down. And now you're carrying regret and you're carrying shame and, and you're just like, I just want 2014 to go away. I just want it to leave. I don't want to think about it anymore. I want to stop beating myself up. I want to stop being waken up by that thought, by that face, by that image, by that thing, by that place I went where I never should have gone. I just want to stop and I want that all to go away. And we would look at 2014 and say, I'm so glad it's over. I and mean, you know what? I would guess in a room this size that there are people that, we can place ourselves in, in any one of those categories and maybe some of us can even find ourselves in all three and maybe you have some categories I haven't even brought up today. But I'd guess here today we've experienced some loss this year. We've experienced some disappointment this year and we've experienced some failure this year. Now here's the important thing. You see, if you and I decide, okay, cool, another calendar year is coming. We need to come to a realization today that maybe you won't like, but, but I'm gonna hopefully give you Something to frame next year in after I say this. You see, the changing over of a calendar year, as disappointing as this may sound, doesn't really mean anything if we haven't processed and framed what we've been through the year before. Like, I mean, that's great. I'm, I'm excited for 2015. I'm believing for some awesome things in 2015. But if we think the flipping over of a year the flipping over of a calendar, us going home and, and taking the 2014 calendar down and putting a new one up, if that's it, if that's all we do, then here's what I can pretty much guarantee we're going to do. We're going to bring into 2015 the loss, the disappointment, and the failure of 2014. We're going to carry with us all of that. And I'm just going to ask you a question we all know the answer to. 
Do you think carrying the lost disappointment and failure of 2014 into 2015 is going to be a healthy thing or an unhealthy thing to do? A good thing or a bad thing? And we all know the answer to that question. We all know we need to process it somehow. But what do you do? Do you just pretend it didn't happen? Do you try to undo as much as you can? No, see, I think there's something that you and I have to see our 2014 framed in in order to give us the strength and the health and the outlook and the hope we need for 2015. You see, there's something I want you to see today. There's something I want you to understand about everything you and I went through this year. And if we will walk into 2015 understanding this simple concept today, it could just change 2015. It could just help us rather than carry the loss and the pain of 2014 into 2015. It might just give us what we need to frame 2015 with the hope that God wants you and I walk walking into that year with. And so today we're going to look and do things a little bit differently than we normally do. Normally we kind of jump into a passage of scripture and really kind of roll around in it and check it out and look at every angle. And and today I really want to share one verse with you and then three stories that we see in scripture. And it speaks to every category that you and I might find ourselves in this year. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I just want, want you to know I'm so glad you're here. And, you know, this is the perfect day for you to be here because the number one reason people don't believe in God is because of pain and suffering. It's because of loss. It's because of disappointment. It's because of failure. It's because you lost somebody once. It's because you prayed and something wouldn't happen and it still happened. Number one reason people don't believe in God. And so today, is there something that could even give you hope? Even if you, you've given up on God and, and someone dragged you here this morning or you came just to appease someone because they've been inviting you forever. Or maybe you're saying, you know what? I want a new start for this next year. Maybe you came today hoping for something. I, I really believe if you could see this simple truth and frame 2014 in this simple truth, it'll give you amazing grace and hope for this next year. And you know what? I want to say this too up front. The name of this series is This Year, but you know what? What we're talking about today doesn't just apply to this year. It applies to all the hurts and all the losses and all disappointments and all the failures you and I have ever experienced and will ever experience. And so what we take today, I hope, will give us hope for a long time to come. And so let's look at a verse that probably a ton of you guys know. If if you've been around church for a while, I mean, you probably have this on a mug somewhere. You probably have this on a calendar or or a Bible uh, or a bookmark, right? But but here's this amazing verse, Romans 8, 28, and it says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. If you could frame everything you've been through in 2014 with that verse, You have all you need to walk into 2015. You see, the truth is about you and I, we think that verse is true about everybody but us, about everybody else's situation but ours. But if we could just see that everything you've been through, every loss in 2014, this year, God can work for good. God just, it's not just that he can, he will work for good. For those of you and I, man, when we love him and when we're called to his purpose and plan, watch him take everything we've been through, everything we've lost, everything we've suffered, everything we wish were different, every disappointment. I mean, we think there are certain things that this doesn't apply to. I mean, how does me back in my car into my wife's car, how can God work that for good? I'm still working on that one. I don't know that one yet. How can God take my wife's miscarriage and her health struggles this year? When we were kind of moving past that, we thought. 
and use that for good? How, how's he going to take the loss of a relationship or of a person or of, or of your health or your wealth this year and use that for good? How's he going to take the disappointment of what you've been through at work or in your personal life or just where you thought you'd be in life and use that for good? How's he going to take that failure? I mean, that's the big one, right? I mean, we kind of maybe even have hope that he'll take the loss and the disappointment and do something great with that because at least we didn't make that happen, right? Like, we didn't bring that on ourselves. But we're really great, aren't we, at thinking that verse doesn't apply to our failures. Because certainly that was just our own mistake and we should have known better and therefore we probably, probably just get what we get, right? Well, the amazing thing about God is, is all of it, every loss, every disappointment, every failure, he uses for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Man, could you just see everything you went through in 2014 framed with that around it. Seeing God's hand and his grace in all that you've been through and all that I've been through. And so today, rather, like I said, than, than really diving into like one portion of scripture, let me just summarize some stories from you. And, and if you're a follower of Jesus, you might know these stories better than I do, but you need to be reminded of them once in a while. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I'm just gonna tell you some stories that we see in scripture that give great hope for those of us that might find each, ourselves in these categories today. And so let's talk about that first category, loss. Maybe that's where you find yourself most. And let's talk about what God is able to do. Because you know what? I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know he's done it before. And that's the amazing thing about scripture. That's the amazing thing about God's word is we get to see all that he's done before. And so we're actually going to start at the, the oldest story in the Bible. You know what the oldest story in the Bible is? It's about a guy named Job. The first story ever written. Not, not the first historical story. That was Adam and Eve. But the first book ever written, actually, was Job. It's interesting, isn't it? That, that God almost sets it all up saying, okay, here's someone who suffered a lot, but I was with him. Here's someone who lost a lot, but I'm with him. And so what happened to Job? Well, Job, in literally in a day, lost everything but his life and his wife. He lost his kids. He lost his wealth, literally in a moment. A little while later, he lost his health, and he became really sick. And, and I mean, the Bible's kind of graphic on what happened. I won't get into it today, but, but Job was miserable. And, and there were some great moments in that for Job where he praised God, and he's an amazing example to us. And then, like any of us would have, he had some very real, raw moments where he said things like, I wish I'd never been born. And here's Job in that category of tremendous loss. I would guess you and I maybe lost uh, maybe a fraction of what Job lost maybe this year. Job kind of makes Frayne Selak, that opening video, look like kind of a wimp, doesn't he? Job went through it all. And yet what God did in Job's life was so amazing because as we, as we know the end of the story, we see Job going through this time of tremendous pain and people coming alongside. And let me just say this. If you're in like that lost category and you got a bunch of people coming, coming around you and they're trying to help but they're making things worse, Job gets that. He understands exactly what that was like. And so he endured not only the loss but then kind of the, the hurtful words of people along with that loss, which is just sometimes so unbearable. And there he was and, and he went through it all. And, and you know what the end of Job's story is? Two things. The first is, the second half of his life was more blessed than the first. Everything he had lost, God gave him above and beyond. But you know the most amazing thing Job said at the end of his story? He said this. He said, my, my, my ears had heard of you, God. 
Like before I suffered, before I went through all that I went through, my ears had heard of you, but then he says this, but now my eyes have seen you. God, my eyes have seen you now. On the other side of this brokenness, through the suffering, through the loss, through the pain, and now on the other side, I've actually encountered you to a level I hadn't before, God. You know that question we all ask, God, why? God, why do you feel so far? God, why aren't you answering the prayer like I needed you to? Here's Job on the other side of it all saying, God, actually, I realize now on the other side of the suffering and the loss how real you are. I've seen you like I never had before. And so maybe you find yourself in that category of loss, but you know what? I don't know how he's gonna do it, but God can bring good. As you look to him, as you love him, as you're called by him, God will bring good. And so if you're in that category of loss today, frame it with the truth that God can bring good in the midst of that. He can bless your life again. He can show himself to you like maybe you've never seen him before. Second category is disappointment. Some of you guys are familiar with a guy named Joseph, right? Joseph was a guy who, who was a kid and, and he was a big dreamer. He was a big thinker. I'm kind of like that. Gets me in trouble. I got all these ridiculous ideas. I'm always out the window and thinking out, you know, all 10 years ahead and all this. And, and Joseph was like that. And he was, he was thinking way ahead and he had a big ego because of it and got himself in some trouble with his family. And, and God, God, though, had given him these dreams. God had shown him something amazing is going to happen. Something substantial is going to happen in your life. And yet he would suffer disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, year after year. You know, some of you know the story, sold into slavery by his brothers, right? Disappointment. Then in, in slavery, he, he starts to kind of get some favor with some, somebody who had some money and had some power and he becomes kind of the right-hand man in that situation. And this guy's wife accuses him of coming on to her and this man is infuriated and, and sends him off to prison. And, and Joseph then is just stuck in prison. Talk about disappointment. He's thinking at this point in his life, man, he would be the guy. He would be the man. Everybody would be looking to him. He would have it all. Just imagine the disappointment that he had, just stuck in a prison cell. Some of you have felt like 2014 was your prison cell. You've been stuck. You've been stuck. You thought you'd be so much further ahead. You thought a relationship would be so much better off. Your finances, your job, your schooling. But 2014 has been that year for you, where you've been sitting still and feeling like you're spinning your wheels. The end of Joseph's story is so encouraging because Joseph has God come through. And the day comes when, when Joseph, though, he was disappointed and he's waiting. Finally, he gets out of jail and he, he rises to be second in command. All the dreams come true. Second in command in Egypt, right? And, and he has the plan now to save Save everybody. Save, literally save that population, that people group from annihilation through a famine, right? And so this tremendous hope, and, and I love this, the day comes, he's staring his brothers in the face who thought he was dead, who thought he was, you know, I mean, who knew, who knew where they thought he'd be by this point? But not where he was, that's for sure. And he says to his brothers, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. All those little disappointments along the way, forget little, all those huge disappointments all along the way, God meant for good. That means every twist and turn in Joseph's story wasn't a hindrance, it was actually a pathway to get him exactly where God wanted him. And some of you guys are disappointed right now, and the dreams you felt maybe God gave you years ago 
aren't maybe panning out like you hoped. But man, can I just encourage you with that same God, same God. Maybe you're not Joseph, but man, God's still God. God's the same God that was with Joseph, right? And all the disappointments that you've been through, the God who's able to turn all things for good will use them as a pathway to get you where you'd never be without those. And so God can take those disappointments. I don't know how he's gonna do it, but he can take those disappointments and use them for good. Last category is failure. And you probably already all know who I'm gonna talk about, a guy named Peter, right? If you've been in church before, you know that Peter was one of Jesus' closest friends. And he promised Jesus, I will be there to the end. If everybody else takes off on you, I'm your man. I will be there. I will never fail you. And then Jesus is arrested and the day comes that everybody starts running and getting scared and worried that they're gonna be taken just like Jesus was. And Peter, before many people, several times says, I don't know that guy. I don't know who he is. I'm not his. He begins to swear and curse and and do whatever he can to get people to believe him that he's not the guy they all thought he was. He's not that follower of Jesus. And maybe you have denied Jesus this year. Maybe you did it with your mouth, but maybe you did it with your lifestyle, right? There's ways we've all fallen short this year. There's failure over every one of our lives. And yet the God who works all things for good can even take that, even that failure, even what you and I have chosen to do, the times we've chosen to look away from our Savior and go the other way or spit in his face or deny him by what we say or do. He can and will take even that and use it for good. You see, the end of Peter's story is there were some things taken out of him that Peter didn't want in him. There was some pride in him, I think. There was just an arrogant spirit in him that through that experience was removed. But more than that, Peter experienced the amazing grace of Jesus like he never would have had he not fallen. There's nothing like somebody who thinks they're all that and they fall and they experience the unconditional love of God. There's nothing like that because on the other side of that, you now show the unconditional love of God, don't you? And Peter became one that would be then gracious and humbled. And you know what? That could just be the exact reason God allowed you or I to, fight, to fail and fall in the way that we did in 2014. And so you know what? I don't know what your story is. I don't know what you walked in with. I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know what you're beating yourself up about. I don't know what you missed today, what you've lost, what your disappointments are, what your failures may be. But I do know this, and this is what we need to frame 2014 in so we can go into 2015 in a healthy way, that everything you've been through this year, God will use for good. Everything, no exceptions. Nothing you've done, nothing done to you. No exceptions. Everything you have been through this year and to this point in your life and everything you will go through, God will use for good. And so what's your category? How many categories do you fit in? Is it loss? Because Job lost so much but gained so much. He saw the amazing presence of God in his life on the other end of that suffering. And he was blessed more than he had been. Are you disappointed? Because Joseph saw that every single twist and turn took him exactly where God had him. And his dreams literally came true. Are you Peter today? Are you failing? Have you failed? Have you struggled so much you don't even know how to get out of it? You need to see just the loving eyes of your Savior looking at you today saying, 
Do you love me? And if you can say yes to that, if you can say, yes, I love you, then there's nothing but grace for you. There's nothing but hope and purpose for you. Because what does that verse say? Those who love him and are called according to his purpose, God will take it all and use it for good. So let me ask you a question. Can you already see how God started to use it? Some of you can say yes. Some of you can say, you know what? I can already see how God started to use my loss, my disappointments, and my failures this year. I can already see how he's beginning to bring good out of it. Some of you, if you're honest, you'd say, no, I can't see it. I can't see how what I've been through this year or even before this year could bring any good at all. Well, if that's you, I want to give you some hope. I want you to see some people. I want you to see the real life story of some people that have suffered tremendous loss and the good that God has brought out of it. And so would you guys just check out the screens for a few moments. My name is Pete Jansen, and uh, this is my story. Uh, Back in 2011, uh, my wife Cheryl and I took a trip over to Africa uh, on a safari, just like a dream vacation, Uh, just a wonderful time together. And um, when we got back from that trip, she discovered um, uh, a lump and um, we, uh, we had that checked out, and it, uh, and it did come back as uh, breast cancer. Hi, my name is, is Doreen Jansen, and um, I'm here to share the story about how God led me through a very dark time in, in my life. Um, I have two daughters, Noelle and Gabrielle, and I had a husband, his name was Greg, and we had been married for a little over 23 years, and it was in the fall of... 2010 that um, we were going up to a college to visit uh, for my daughter Noelle and so when we came back from that college visit there was a phone call it's that phone call that you dread Um, and the phone call was to inform my husband that they had found a tumor on his um, cervical spine. We just had extreme hope and, uh, and a strong faith that God was going to do the miraculous and uh, the medical teams are going to do what they had to do. And so we started down a journey of doctor's visits and trying to evaluate how serious his condition was and as it turned out it was very serious. He was in stage four lung cancer. She did go into remission um, for about five or six months and then in August of 2012 um, there was a reoccurrence of the cancer in her brain. And um, that was just uh, during the middle of a family vacation um, at the end of August. And uh, by November, uh, she passed away. Ten weeks after that diagnosis, Greg passed away. Uh, It was a couple of days before my daughter's 18th birthday. And it um, it was a dark day, a very, very dark day in our family. And for weeks after he passed away, I just remember being in a state of shock. I was constantly having difficulty understanding the, the concept that all things work together for good. Those words echoed through my head many times as a form of a question. God, how is this, is any of this working out for good? I don't get it. This was the day before my 50th birthday came the diagnosis, and I just thought, you know, now what? I have two teenage girls, and, you know, I, 
I, I, how am I going to do this? How am I going to support myself? How am I going to be a mom? How am I going to live? How am I going to breathe? How, how do I act? I felt like um, she died too early. Uh, there was plenty of uh, plenty of um, talent and ability and, and all sorts of things that she could have continued to accomplish. Who am I now? My whole identity had changed. I was a married woman with you know two children and now I'm head of household, single woman, widow. I didn't know how to you really move forward in that. As life continued on then, um, I just really emotionally and uh, relationally just shut down. So how do you tell a girl who just lost her dad that something good's going to come out of this? Um, it was really hard for me to convince them of that, and it wasn't up to me to convince them. They needed to believe that for themselves. I just felt like I didn't know which way to turn, um, and it was difficult to just continue on in an empty house to do the routine things to to accomplish the things that um, that I know I needed to accomplish in regards to the things that God had called me to do and and also just my regular job God works all things together for good my husband used to say that all the time and not just for other people when it just seemed convenient, but he said that to me about his own illness, that God will work this out for good. As we were really getting toward the end, he said, Doreen, don't be upset. This is a win-win. He said, if I die, I get to go be with Christ. And if I stay, I get to be with you. God's grace is sufficient for every need. And um, his calling on my life isn't hasn't changed. And that... Um, he still has um, things for me to do, and life needs to push forward, and I need to, need to press on you know, into the next thing. And the next thing is something that I just had no clue. It wasn't on my radar, I wasn't looking for it, but yet God had a plan. And that plan is absolutely incredible on how God took a very difficult situation and turned it into good. As the, as the whole um, concept of, uh, of being uh, alone and, uh, and not really knowing what, what was next, um, there was a, a couple of incidences that uh, took place that just had God's fingerprints all over it. And it's those incidences, that um, those circumstances in life, those experiences that, uh, that began to reveal um, God's will and his purpose and plan. And uh, where we couldn't see it before, going through the difficulty and going through all of the, the angst and the, and the, the sense of loss, um, we, we began separately to discover that there were there were things that God was doing that were beginning to build the foundation stones uh, for something quite incredible. So we were married on April 26th of this past year. Uh, we actually got married in the Island Christian Church, Port Jeff, and it was a beautiful day. It um, the sun had come out for us. It was pouring that morning. The sun came out, and it was just it was magical. And so now we can look back and in those dark days where we were sitting, shaking our heads, saying what, what good could possibly come of this, we're now seeing that good is coming from it. Not that either one of us would have chosen the path, 
but to see what God's prepared for us is really exciting, and, and I'm excited about the future again. And we're very grateful to our families for going through this journey with us and, and where God is taking us. Um, we don't have a clue, but we do know that all things work together for good. So that was uh, my dad's story, <laughs> and uh, my new mom, and uh, <clears throat> it's just powerful to see that God can take it, <laughs> it all, and we're good, and we're really blessed and grateful and thankful that God takes those pieces and puts it all back together, and so I don't know where you are today. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what season you're in, but I do know that if it's loss, if it's disappointment, if it's failure, everything you've been through, God can use for good. Let's pray. So God, we thank you, Lord. We love you so much. God, we just thank you for the way that you take really hard situations, God. And thank you that you heal, God. We thank you that you put pieces back together. We thank you for your faithfulness, God. And God, I just pray for everybody in this room that whatever they're going through, God, that you would show yourself to be strong. God, I pray for those that have lost this year. And I pray, God, that you would not only rebuild, but that, God, you would show them you're with them. Show them, God, more of you standing there in the midst of their suffering and their pain and their loss. God, I pray for those that are disappointed today. And I pray, God, that you would give them great encouragement. I pray that you would show them, Lord, that everything they've been through is leading them to something good in you, God. And God, I pray for those that are struggling because of failure, that God, you'd lift them. That God, if they can answer that question, do you love me? That God, you would remind them that you can use even their failures for good. So God, I pray that you'll bring great hope, Lord, to every one of us in those different categories today. If you're a follower of Jesus, would you spend some time praying through your category? And if you're not a follower of Jesus, the only reason you and I have any hope the only reason you and I can see any good come out of anything is because of what Jesus did on the cross in our place. So if you want to put your trust in him today and see good come out of the brokenness of your life, see your sin forgiven, then I would love for you to just pray a prayer right now, just between you and God. You could just pray silently something like this. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for taking my place on the cross for being broken for me for suffering loss and disappointment and carrying my failure I thank you for this amazing gift in your name I pray